You've found the audio version of Talking Comic-Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, our weekly live podcast discussing San Diego Comic-Con and the world of con culture and all the surrounding stuff and nonsense. This is Series 5, Episode 8, broadcast on the 17th of September, 2017. And this week, Leonard and Alyssa dive into the latest news from Comic-Con International's legal issues, New York Comic-Con's updates on exclusives and panels with the help of Friends of Comic-Con's Michael Leventhal, and the week in television ahead of this weekend's Emmy Awards ceremony, a packed show. We're able to do what we do on the show with the help and support of our Patreon donors. Please join the family and donate at patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC. Welcome along to Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. It's our weekly live uh, YouTube show where we talk San Diego Comic Con, con culture, and all the pop culture uh, news that uh, surrounds these events uh, over the course of the year. Um, we are kind of coming towards the end of the uh, summer con season. Still got a couple of big events still to happen, including New York Comic Con in a couple of weeks' time. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we've also got Thought Bubble that's happening next week here in the UK. Um, it's going to be an interesting show because of the change of location. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, but we'll talk about that as we go. Um, but New York Comic Con is going to be the primary uh, thing we're going to be talking about with some uh, bits and pieces uh, which have come up uh, this week from uh, CCI. Uh, so uh, we'll get into those in a bit. First things first, let's just introduce my uh, guest for this week. Uh, we've got my regular partner in crime, Alyssa Franks, from the Friends of Comic-Con Forum. Hello, Alyssa. Hello. Missed you last week, but I think Mark and I did a decent did job. Really? Did yes. you really? Well, <laughs> well we, we did manage to keep it to close to an hour. Uh, you know, just saying. <laughs> As okay. <laughs> so it's, it's me and my fault that drags it over the 60 minute mark thank you <laughs> you're welcome so i'm going to hear about this afterwards i can tell uh <laughs> news on the forum uh we have been talking i'm probably going to segue um i could segue right into cci news um but i do want to get mike before i do that so sure. why don't we introduce michael hello michael levenfall from the friends of comic-con forum how are you sir I'm good. How's everything? Um, yeah, same old, same old. I just came back from Hascon last weekend. Right. Give us a report on this thing because um, it's the it was the first uh, convention that Hasbro put on. How did it go? It was very good. Um, you know, it wasn't a three day show in my estimation. If you did it in one day, you were sufficient. You know, two days, I think you were more than enough. I'm not certain unless you were staying for, like, a unique panel on the third day if you really needed to hang around. Um, but it was a very good thing. A lot of things were built into the ticket price. So, like, all the autographs and meet and greets were actually built into the ticket price. So, that, for example, they had James Gunn, you know, he was there and he had a panel and then he had an autograph session right afterwards. And that was free. They had a few sports celebrities. Um, and then they had even, um, from my childhood anyway, if some people may recognize the name, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker, if 
you know them, you know them, and I'm gonna, there's... I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show my geek card Transformers. Yes, yes. So, um, and Stan Bush was there. So, you know, they had a very nice, um, group mix of people related to each of their brands, and they even mixed in some concerts in there. So it was a, a fun weekend. Um, I think they may need to work on, their timing, especially it was a, it's considered a family event, F-A-N-M-I-L-Y. So, you know, they wanted it for children and kids, but they had it on the first week back from school. And that really, I think, showed in my opinion for Friday because it was very, I, unfortunately a little low attended on Friday, but that could be explained of people don't want to take their kids out on the first Friday of school. By Saturday, they had a nice attendance. Cool. Good. From the pictures that I've seen, uh, it looked like it looks like it looked like a lot like the the Lego, um, uh, the Lego event that we have here in the UK. Sometimes I think we've got a couple in the in North America as well that that happen. You have that focused fandom, and uh, it has yeah, it was very kind of it seemed a lot like that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it looked like a lot of fun. So, um, I'm glad you in, it had a good time. So that's cool. How were the How's, lines? Yeah. The lines weren't bad. Um, none of the, I think last week you mentioned that they get, were giving out tickets to the panels. That's not true. The panels were all free. The, cause they used, um, the, they used a convention center that's attached to like an arena that had like 14,000 seats. So their main, what they considered the main stage was in this arena that had, you know, a good 10,000 plus seats. So it never really filled up. In fact, I think that they could have covered almost two thirds of it, you know, to create a close, you know, like a more filled uh, experience in the seating area. The only thing that you needed tickets for were for the meet and greets. And the way they handled that was an hour before each, uh, meet and greet, you would go to this kiosk and they'd be handing out tickets. So that's where lines started to formulate was where, you know, where they would say, oh, there's a four o'clock signing for so-and-so line up with at 3 p.m. But there were like two, two to three signings at four o'clock. So you had a whole bunch of people all for different signings all lining up, you know, well before three because that's how con culture is. You know, so they were free, but you had to get Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Nice. Uh, I mean, nice. that's, uh, I mean, I'm surprised about the size of that room. Uh, I mean, even the, the panels that I saw, I, even Hall H, uh, or even a small room, you're not, you're never going to touch that kind of, yeah. That, that sounds a bit weird. I think it was. But there we go. They got the con- they got that arena as because it's connected to the convention center, so they got the whole arena, you know, as part of some package, and they used it for the main stage. And I don't think they wanted anyone left out, so they didn't want a situation where, for a big panel, someone couldn't get in or their concerts. But at the same time, you know, I think they also know their ticket sales, so I think there was plenty of time to kind of say. Well, we don't need, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to an arena where when they set up, they could, you know, drape off almost half the arena. So you only get like half of it. And it just makes it feel a little bit more full when people come in. And I think they might have done a little bit better of a job just to create that that more full feeling, not just for 
the people, the, you know, not just for like a f- attendee, but for the panelists themselves, you know, it feels a little better when you see something like that. Yeah. The last thing I want have- to do is look out and see a, 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 an arena of empty seats. No, I appreciate that. And you don't have the expense of all of the extra ushers, you know, plus, you know, it into it. So it offsets the, the draping costs, which I expect it were pretty high, but it, this was their first year. So hopefully they're learning. You yeah, know. Uh, yeah. It, it was, and it was still very, very well done. Um, I know the first they, they did have some exclusives. I have a few sitting behind me, um, but they were nowhere near what a San Diego line exclusive would be. I mean, I did want to get them out of the way. So when I got in on Friday, I got online and that was probably the busiest I've saw, seen that line. And it still only took me about an hour to go through it. But by the time Friday evening rolled around, it was walk up and they had everything. Um, mm-hmm. You literally walked up, you bought what you wanted to buy and that was it. And they even had, um, the only thing is if you wanted in the morning, they did have some leftover San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. So people were wait, you know, waiting in line because they wanted to pick up that Thrawn or the Primitive Prime or, you know, whatever was the hot one at San Diego. Mm-hmm. Cool. So do you have any sense of where those will be on, uh, sold, um, after the con? If, are they going to sell any of the, the Hascon exclusives? They are. And, yeah. Uh, do you know where my, they're going to sell them? I heard Hasbro Toy Shop on the 20th is what I'm hearing. And okay. I believe even on the forum, they've, on, in the Hascon thread, uh, one of, one of the other people at, uh, AZT or, or Ange, found the, you know, the links or the, the, you know, the buy number, you know, the SKUs. Because we are adept at that sort of thing on the forum, (laughs) finding those sorts of things. Yes. I'll say honestly that the, um, kept the black series, Captain Rex is a really beautiful figure. Um, I have it right behind me. It's just, it's gorgeous. And just for kitsch factor, I don't know even why I bought it, but the My Little Pony dice, it's, it's Dungeons and Dragon, My Little Pony dice. And I just, I, I don't know what, what, what made me buy it, but I was like, you know what? I, I have to do it. It's just too, too cheap not to do it. I, I expect nothing less from you, Michael. I really don't, don't say that the wrong way, but I expect nothing less from you when you spot something have it that, that's, that's yeah. fair enough cool excellent stuff thank you very much indeed for uh, letting us know about hascom um just very quickly as well to uh, come back to our intro just to let everyone know of course the q a is well and truly open if you do want to let us know where you're watching from and of course if there's anything you want to talk about or if you want to jump in with any of the topics we're going to talk about today uh, loads of people who are uh, in the chat room already hello michael p hello uh, sarita p we've got aaron neighbors hello from uh, san diego uh, kb warrior morning all uh, we've got ourselves super cat chick uh, who's attempting to watch the show and the Chiefs game. So she's, she's, multi, she's multitasking. So that's cool. Uh, we've got Andrew English, Graham Small, um, hello from London. Um, well, Graham Small, obviously up in the, the wilds there. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, um, lots and lots of, um, people jumping in. So please, anything, of course, uh, Dan Berry's in there as well. Uh, reminding us, of course, we've got Kamikaze. Or should we say Stan Lee's LA Comic Con coming up as well? Um, you've got uh, Sarita P also letting us know that the Hascon exclusives will go on sale from September 20th. So uh, just a couple of days, and you got to dive in on that one. 
Right. Okay. So let's uh, go with our first topic for the day, uh, which is Comic Con uh, International, and uh, we'll t- cover first the big story that announced this week. Um, well, is it, I think it's a big story, and we have talked about this on the the, the hangout before, which is the lawsuit uh, over ownership and the usage of the term and similar terms uh, to uh, between uh, it's that Comic Con International and Dan Far Productions, which runs Salt Lake Comic Con. Now, um, San Diego uh, Comic Con International started the lawsuit. Um, this was back in 2014, which gives you an idea of how long this has been going on now. Um, however, this week it was announced that um, uh, the judge was unable to come to a, uh, a decision um, about the the whole idea, uh, ruling that a survey prov- provided by Comic Con International that reported 80% of people thought that Comic Con is a specific brand name was valid, which paved the way for a jury trial. Um, this is something which we never expected to to go this far. We expected either a settlement. Uh, either uh, decided by the uh, court uh, or indeed something being arranged between Comic-Con International and Salt Lake. Um, admittedly, I actually felt that latter was never going to happen. Salt Lake have been far too boisterous. If you actually go to their website, there's a full... They've been very open and frank about their feelings about this lawsuit. Um, it's something that they've um, been very vigorous to defend. And yet Comic-Con International also feel they have a very strong case. So neither of them were going to back down. This was very much two balls in a china shop. Um, admittedly, I think that analogy actually holds up because I'm wondering how much damage this could do to fandoms and conventions as a brand when people suddenly realize that this is turning very much into a corporate war. Um, admittedly, the difference, of course, between the two um, sides is very marked in that Comic-Con International is a profit. Um, it's a non-profit organization. And then, of course, you've got uh, Salt Lake Comic-Con, which is very much a business model. What the uh, chats have been on the Friends of Comic-Con forum about this? What's, what's been the general consensus of opinion? Um, I haven't been following it. I don't know if there's been much, much comment on it specifically. Is, a lot of is, is anybody as interested in this as we are? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I certainly am interested in it because the, uh, the idea that CCI is all Comic Cons is, uh, a notion that needs to be disabused. Um, it's, it's not, and we can only do what we can do. There's so many people out there who don't, who, who see a wizard world and they think that it's a CCI thing. And that's, that's a historic problem. And the only way that that's, that is going to be overcome, um, is by publicity and, um, either staking a claim in, in the Comic Con, uh, for the Comic Con name, or it is, um, as, as uh, Salt Lake City wants to do and banish it, make it a non-trademark issue. Uh, so I think I think both sides have got a point, um, but <clears throat> somebody has to be the winner here. And I think it's going to make that point across to everybody in our culture. We have to um, actually just they have to put out a lot of advertising. And make it known and beat people's head up against the, the wall. And just CCI is not all Comic-Cons. 
So yeah. actually, as someone who's somewhat of an outsider, you know, I haven't been following quite as close. I'm aware of what's going on, but not like following as closely. Where do you think then, I mean, obviously it right now seems to just be Salt Lake and San Diego. And obviously there seems to be some, if I recall some, you know, like how Salt Lake was advertising, you know, and how San Diego, but then where does, where does Wizard World, the Wizard Worlds, and where does the Repops, you know, when they have the name Comic-Con come into play whenever, whatever this decision comes in? Because it is New York Comic-Con as well, you know, and pe- and be- and especially for New York where it's the largest convention on the East Coast, people are definitely associated with San Diego, which is the largest on the West Coast. Wizard World actually have the better idea. I mean, I understand that people and companies would like to brand off the actual Comic-Con name. It's a a powerful... I mean, you only have to turn around to somebody, a a muggle, as it were, and say, um, I'm going to Comic-Con and know what that entails. You're going to a a pop culture convention. Mm -hmm. Because they are creating their own brand, um, that people are going to a wizard world. Um, it's it's kind of like it's a, it's a determined thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I personally think that they are making themselves a stronger position uh, down the line. But it's like um, Andrew English is saying he's going in a couple of weeks. He's attending Coventry Comic Con and then MCM London Comic Con, and those are both advertised as printed. Um, and at which point anyone could quite easily then turn around and say, oh, right, so it's a, it's a San Diego thing then. Right. <laughs> uh, there's, there's your problem right there. Where uh, Do you know where the uh, jury uh, pool is going to be selected from? Do you know the location <laughs> of a, it? That's a bloody good question. Um, no, <laughs> um, but considering that the, the, the considering the lawsuit was filed in San Diego, uh, and in the Californian, uh, uh, the Southern County Court, going to be a Californian court. Um, in which case, that's <laughs> very much, that's very much in uh, CCI's advantage. Um, in the the timing, apparently, is going to be sometime in November. Uh, so we're going to be paying close attention to this. Uh, Michael P. San Diego made Comic-Cons for the world. Nobody cared until they did all the heavy lifting. Good point. Okay. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so that's um, that. We will, of course, pay close attention to that that story. And, of course, um, you'll find all the updates on the Friends of Comic-Con Forum and on An Englishman in San Diego, as uh, you will also find uh, something that we posted, uh, which is another inside baseball kind of post, which is regarding uh, the Comic-Con press application period, which is now open, opened up on, I want to say, Tuesday? Yes, I think it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday, Linda. No, it was, no, Thursday. Good grief, it was later on. See, this week has been a mess for me. Okay, um, this is the Comic Con press application period. It was, um, on their social media and that the page has been updated. Uh, and basically, taking applications for 2018. Uh, the window is now open until the 3rd of November and it is for, uh, very specific, uh, branches of press, including, um, websites, magazines, and, uh, documentaries. There are five categories. 
which you can apply from. Uh, the, the reason why I think it's interesting to talk on this um, podcast about this is because of the way that the process has now changed. Um, instead of a PDF which you download and fill out all the uh, various elements to it, it's now an online form. Um, I believe it's his. Uh, is it a Google Drive form? Doc form? A Google uh, it's, form? It's a doc form. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I- I think so. I mean, I think it has been in that. I think it was last year also, if I recall. No, I no, I applied last year. It was a PDF form. It was okay. It was same as same as you had to send that Uh, you had to send in. Well, I'm glad that they're using Google Forms. Um, I had a a chance to to use them and play with them a little bit earlier, a, a month or so ago, and they're brilliant. They're really wonderful in terms of formulating the data so they can get a real good idea about how many people are applying and all of that. The thing that I found particularly fascinating about this is that they're on track. They're um, unlike last year, it's happening in the fall when it should happen. So it's yay, thumbs up, good job. (laughs) These guys never like, they're always on time. They're like (laughs) wizards. You know, <laughs> I saw that coming a mile away. Did anyone else? <laughs> right. They are on, on their time. That, stuff. That. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the other thing that I found fascinating um, about the application this time around is also the fact that they are being the applications uh, in that um, they are now requiring a signed um, assignment letter from the boss of the organization that you've got to that you're applying for or um, on behalf of, uh, which is kind of um, going to help with um, sorting the wheat from the chaff. It's very much a case of uh, making sure that these are people that are going to be contributing to a website or to a, uh, uh, to a category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of they're being a little bit more solid about the way that the press application uh, setup is working. Um, like I say, the whole thing um, is going until Friday the third of November, so they're keeping that window nice and short. So you've got mm-hmm. to uh, get that in. I think they, did they I, say. Oh, did they say six weeks um, after? Was it yes, it's it's a six to eight week um, assessment period. Uh, So the sooner you get the form in, then they'll start working through the form and checking all the URLs. So so eight weeks after that, uh, December, January, the middle part of January. So we could see Jen Reg at the end of January. Can I make that leap? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. As Leonard froze? Yeah, he seems to have froze a little. Okay. Yeah, I, I did. I'm sorry. Um, you, you froze as well. Um, it may be at this end. Uh, but no, I, I, I think I used the word leap as well. Um, yes, as okay. <laughs> Good. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, we do have some changes that are happening to the forum okay. buying groups. Uh, speaking of pre-reg, if, unless there's anything else you want to uh, Leonard, I don't think so. No, um, okay. I, I'm I'm curious to see how it's all going to play out. Play out. Yeah. Um, the one thing I am curious about, um, and I have brought it up on my Twitter feed, um, is the fact that um, in the past, when you get a successful press application, 
um, you get a, a two-year window. Don't have to reapply your uh, submissions uh, since from my uh, press application last year, which means 2018 would be my second year of the approved um, position. But I, it's now showing as due, which means I'm having to reapply. And I'm curious for the people that are um, in the same boat. I was... Uh yeah, I was not, uh, I am not due. I, last year was my first year and I am not due. Hmm, right. I, okay, I, so yeah, it's, it's, it's just us. They're picking well, on me. I, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Um, I, there's some confusion, um, because I'm, I'm shown as not due for San Diego, but I'm not shown as that I can get, that I'm pressed for WonderCon which I was pressed for also. So I think there may be a little bit of confusion and perhaps an email to the press people would be in call for. Just, that's just my guesstimate in, in terms of, in terms of this. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think you might be right there. So with regard, okay. yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I was just curious. I, oh, I, I sure. it's something I'm going to, I'm going to have to look into. So I do want to uh, briefly talk about um, what we're, the fact that uh, pre-reg, um, it, we all expect it to happen sometime in the fall, October, November. Um, we have hit the upper limits of what Google Docs can do. We all know about the 50-person per doc uh, limitation that's um, a sheet per limitation uh, on, on each of the sheets. But when they are uh, married together, as my technical people have done, uh, Jay Riston and Brooklyn have done. They, um, there's also an upper limit on how many sheets that we can have together. So all of our buying groups are, are, are pretty much full. And it stands to reason that unless we start up a second grouping of buying groups, uh, we, um, we have hit the limit on how many people we can accept. Um, we don't know uh, whether or not we're going to be able to do open up buying groups for Gen Reg for um, as we speculated in uh, January or February. We hope so, but it frankly depends on whether or not we can train people to manage those buying groups in a in a way that is uh, responsible um, and worthy of having the forum name attached to it. So I just want to get that, start getting that word out there um, that we are, we've got a couple of people who may do it, but, um, you know, it's, we're starting to hit that limit uh, of the Google, yeah. of what the Google Docs are available for. So that's, Fair that's no, that, make, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I just wanted to, to, you know, hit that before we move on to New York Comic Con. Um if there, that, if there are any questions, of course, about um, what CCI are currently up to, of course, do jump in on our Twitter feeds or on the uh, Friends of Comic-Con forum. Ask us any questions and we'll do what we can to answer. Um, it, like I say, at this point, I'm kind of in. I'm not just uh, going to be uh, an outsider uh, on this one because it is something that is affecting me as a, a press applicant. So, um, yes, I'll be... Um, enjoying the pro- the process with you, 
so <laughs> please do ask any questions. And if you are also um, in the same kind of situation that you applied successfully last year, and now in your second you are asked to reapply again, do check your member ID uh, and see where your status is on that. Alyssa, so will you be going to lotteries then to let people into the buying group? <laughs> Nice segue, Mike. Nice. <laughs> I am not sure how my buying group coordinator is going to manage it. <laughs> we we will see. We've got three prospects for people who may manage uh manage the the new set of groups that are are coming through, but they're they're all going through the training process. And we uh-huh. we it, come to realize we do need a training process. Um Kind of sort of like I think New York Comic Con needs a training process for their lotteries. <laughs> see how I did that? Yeah, I see. <laughs> Very good. Do you well, want to give us this a is where we, Yeah, this is where we now jump in on this then. Uh, so New York Comic Con takes place in two weekends time. Um, so, um, who, I'm going to leave, because I seem to be freezing a couple of times, I'm going to leave this now entirely up to you two. I'm, I'm handing it off to Mike because Mike knows. <laughs> no, no, Mike knows. I, I gave a, a brief summation last week, and, but Mike knows a lot more detail. And frankly, that's one of the reasons why we, we asked him to come on this week. So he can expl- help us understand it and explain it to us. Um, all right. I guess I'll run down. So I guess lotteries, you know, are now the thing for New York Comic Con and they, um, Oh, they decided this year they were going to do lotteries, not just, they had been using lotteries in the past for their autographs, um, and had started to do so for some of their exclusives, but this year they also decided to do, um, lotteries for their main stage panel. So, um, most people, I think, watching have seen that they actually already opened the lotteries up for you to enter. Um, however, that said, there's no, like, it's a lottery. There's no rush. You don't have to go in like, you know, right when they opened it. You have till the 25th to settle down, look at everything you want to do, you know, and, and, and enter at that point. Uh, the way that lottery is structured this year is, uh, I believe all the main stage panels, a few exclusives and the autographs are all combined into one lottery system. Uh, they're separated into two groups. Uh, uh, Comic-Con Repop decided which items were in each group, which I found a little interesting, but, um, and the way it works is within group one, you got two choices, and within group two, you got four choices. So they're basically saying group one is the more, uh, exclusive. Yep. Thank you, Leonard. Uh, group one. <laughs> is the more exclusive of the panels or autographs and group two is more of the semi-exclusives or not, not, not as, uh, um, wanted. I don't, not wanted is not the right word, but, um, desirable, desirable. Yeah. Uh, so basically once you're in, you enter your fan verified email and you get, to the screen like Leonard has, and you basically just start clicking away at what you want. You can choose two of the t- from the top two and four from the bottom grouping. Um, and then I think the one thing to be aware of is if you, it, it may seem like you would want to scroll down and hit that button, but you don't do that. Actually, what you want to do is scroll upward 
and choose the different days. And it saves your choices from each tab. So if Leonard were to now click but go back to Thursday and say, oh, wait, maybe I want to do something different, his choices from Thursday were are still there. Okay, well, I'll do that and demonstrate. So there we go. My yep. my selection for the Steven Universe cast signing is still intact. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, the only thing to be aware of is if, let's say, for example, you only have three days, you only want to select the days that you are going. As you can see, there's a little disclaimer at the top that says, you know, if you enter for a day that you're not going, they're going to disqualify your entire ticket. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So just, you know, beware. If you're not going Thursday, don't select Thursday items. Or if you're not going Sunday, don't select Sunday items. With the Funko exclusive and the Lego exclusive, I'm guessing it's just kind of like a chance to get in the line? Uh, yes, it's a chance to win. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, um, there, it, you know, we could go on and on about how the lottery is set up. I personally, I, I'm trying to remain slightly objective. I'm not a big lottery fan person. So, you know, I understand what they're trying to do. But on the other side of the fence, I also think that, um, there are issues with the lottery. If, if I can jump in here for a second and just kind of summate the problem. I think what Mike is trying to get to is that uh, if you enter the exclusives lottery for Funko or Lego, you can only win once. So if you use all, if you enter in that lottery for all four days and you could only win once, you've negated the other three days. Yeah. So that is one uh, negated the other three days totally. In a well, sense, well, there's a few. You lose issues. your option. You, yeah, you, it, it, you lose your choice. There's a few issues going on. I mean, I think first off, you know, I understand it's their first year, so I'm not going to go um, completely crazy against them. But at the same time, I think autographs, exclusives, and and panels are three different things and should have been three separate, really three mm -hmm. separate categories. You know, me entering an exclusives is different than me entering for a panel. So they, they really should have had them in different categories wherein you choose, you know, your options within those categories. Or, and, and this is where I feel slightly different, I think it's a lottery system. So if you're entering the lottery, you have an equally chance of winning as losing. So I think that you should be able to enter whatever lotteries you want. Um I one of the I was talking at the Brooklyn Defender party, you know, a few days ago, and one of the exclusive um, things were, well, you know, you if you if you're allowed to enter all eight, nine, ten items, you know, you could win eight or nine things, but then someone else could lose it. But the same holds true for if you limit it to six. If you if you even if you have six, I could win all six, and someone else could win, you know, lose all. That's the beauty of a lottery. It's it's you know it's random, you know. So, I mean, and then, again, one of the issues is that if you notice, Funko has stated on their own website that you could only win once throughout the entire um, convention. However, you can enter, use your entries all four days. So the response I got from a contact at Repop was, well, it's your choice to enter all four days, you know, 
And so I said, well, then you're arguing both sides of the fence. Yes, it's my choice to enter all four days. And therefore, I should either get the benefit of winning all four days if I use my entry for it or lose all four days. That's I mean, that's how I feel a lottery kind of works. It's a lottery. You know, I think if they had set it up in a system where um, you enter once for Funko, it's just an entry. You say, here's the one entry you're entered for all the days that you're eligible, that you're attending the show. And whatever your result is, your that's your result, but you can only win once. That's that's a little bit more fair in my estimation than saying, use your entries for all the days that you're going, but you can only win once. I, so I think there's some issues with how the lottery was kind of set up, um, you know, and we'll have to see how it works out. Also, I think having, ha- you know, giving out half the main stage lines, you know, makes 1,500 fans happier. But for, you know, the other fans that are like now, ha- you know, want that one panel, you know, in that room, now they're going to say, well, now there's half as many seats available. So does that mean I have to get there you know, earlier than I would normally intend to go when there were double the amount of seats just to make sure I get into that panel. So, you know, there's, there's both sides of the fence on it. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's wow. going to be interesting when we, because we will be joined next week by Mr. Mike Armstrong from Repop. And I think all of these issues will be bringing up and, uh, uh putting to him. Um, I, I quite liked the line that you used there of, um, Repop, um, playing both sides of the fence uh, in that they can quite easily then turn around and say, well, that's the choice you make uh, in terms of the decision. At the end of the day, um, it's (laughs) there you go. There's the choices that you put down and And, um, you you then have to stand behind those, those, those choices. I get that. And that actually was their response is, oh, that's your choice to enter all four. And my response is, yes, it's my choice to enter all four. And therefore, I should be able to win all. You know, it's that was my choice. I used my entry for all four. And therefore, I should have the opportunity to win as many times as I entered. That was my my choice was to use my entries for this purpose. You know, I didn't use my entries for other purposes. I used it for this purpose. And therefore, if it's a lottery, if it's random, and if it's truly random, I should have the opportunity to win as many times. And that's, that's, that's where in, I guess this is, that's where I'm getting a little bit more how I feel about this situation than, you know, overall, uh, from in a more, I guess, a more objective sense. I, I, that's, that's a personal, thought of how lotteries and those kinds of things work, you know? If I, if, if you I, 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 I get where you're coming from, but I also think, say, for example, if we use Funko as the, as the example, um, if you win once and it negates the other um, options or negates the other entries, at least you've got in, and then it opens up the opportunity for somebody else to get in as well, and it fills out the gaps, as it were. I agree, but I also feel, I mean, if you enter, let's say, your state lottery, the New York lottery, you win tomorrow. The lottery then doesn't say, well, you can't enter again. They'll, you know, they'll take your money. You're entering the lottery. That's, you know, so that's how I I guess I feel slightly different in the sense that I feel that all of my entries should matter. You know, if I've used an entry for a specific purpose, then it should, you know, 
be available for all the purposes. Like I said, if they had one entry where you're entered for all the times and then they say, you know, that's just this one entry and you could win, you could lose, but that's the end of it. That's, that's a different scenario of how they're doing the lottery. And then I, I wouldn't have these kinds of feelings about how it was set up in a sense. You're wanting, the, like, you're wanting the moon on a stick, Michael. You're wanting the no. moon on a stick. <laughs> No, he what he's <laughs> I, 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 I. yeah is is a little bit more thought in you know bring somebody in who understands a little bit more of lotteries and statistics. I, I think that would go a long way with this and and just working it through a little bit. Uh, I, I think, but I think that it does bring up Repop being the innovator uh, of new techniques. RFID, for example, um, they're the first ones who brought that out. It brings up, as a lot of people are saying on the Q and A, is uh, what does this mean for lotteries at Hall H? Which I think is is. You know, uh, given the problems that CCI is having with uh, trying to manage their larger room, I think that that's that they are going to be watching this and mm-hmm. seeing how it plays out. Um, My, well, one other thought I had, and you know, I, I, you know, one of the things that they're using the lottery for is obviously they're saying, you know, we don't want you waiting in line. You know, we want you to be able to enjoy. The show, it shouldn't be line con for you and whatnot. But then how do they settle the other issue of, all right, I win the lottery. Great. I want to go into the panel, but I want to sit at the front of that panel. So now I'm still going to line up that day, regardless of whether I've won and sit on that, you know, in that shoot at the, you know, beginning, because I want to sit at the very front of the panel. You still can't get around that issue also. You know, so there are still people that are going to be lining up all day in a shoot because they want to sit, they want to be the front, front and center. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it will be interesting to see how they, how they play it through and, you know, how they deal with the no-shows. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to seeing the, uh, you know, the massive queues at, you say you've got a 7.30 show, uh, massive queues starting at, you know, start, uh, at, at six, six, seven o'clock to get into, the, you know, in case somebody doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's another line con issue. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but Repop has you know, done these kinds of things before and try new things. Yep. And if it doesn't work on Thursday, they'll try something new on Friday and they'll, and or Saturday. And hopefully they'll get it, uh, you know, worked into something that we can all use. They are very fluid like that. I, I, mm-hmm. I very much appreciate that. Uh, we've got a couple of comments on the Q&A about this. Um, Cedric uh, Carmichael, not a fan of lotteries. Uh, I haven't attended Hull H since 2009 because of the lines, but would attempt lottery so diehards would suffer. Um, Andre White, flushing Hall H might happen as well, but uh, he's feeling that um, lotteries may uh, apply to uh, uh, the future of CCI as well. In terms of uh, uh, New York, Sarita P uh, puts on a very good point. Uh, if you win Funko uh, and you're in line and the item you want is sold out, what then? Because uh, you are negated for the rest of the days. Uh, you can only get it if it's uh, on a third-party market. Um, Aaron Nabus, you can enter as many times, but you should pay for each time if you Ooh. want to draw parallel with drawing, <laughs> with winning the lottery or playing the lottery. Uh, Sarita Piggy, um, 
uh, let's have a look at this. Repop is trying to make thing do, be, make people do other things, but it should be the person's choice. If someone wants to go to the con just for exclusives and be online all day, that's their choice. Which I, it's a perfectly valid point uh, there. Uh, Supercat chick, I think a well implemented lottery would be amazing, uh, certainly for Comic Con, but can see the argument for keeping the line system. Uh, so. Yeah, I I think they'll keep the line system. I think they're just going to get rid of wristbands. But that's a whole that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> well, <laughs> an interesting an interesting video popped up on Twitter yesterday, um, which I uh, yeah. cc'd both Michael and Leonard on, which had um, a picture of somebody pulling a wristband out of their backpack and putting it on. Um, I've since uh, inquired to see. You know how how uh, that was received by um, uh, the staff members and and all of that. And it, the the comment they said was that the person was asked to leave, and I'm not quite sure what that means. Did they identify? Do they have? Does CCI have an example of a fraudulent wristband? Um, you know, from what I could from what I could tell, it wasn't necessarily a fraudulent wristband. But what had someone had done is on the uh, the evening when they were handing out the wristbands, someone had taken that wristband and put it into their bag instead of putting it on straight away. In other words, they were then able to um, either hand the wristband to somebody else, or um, then they could um, use their teaming um, setup to actually get other people into the line. Um, it, at the end of the day, CCI identified the, the video and indeed the comments which you shared were back in the day. It was actually posted on the day of um, that particular Saturday and CCI did respond uh, to it. So uh, you can't fault CCI for their reaction to the video. So, but uh, in terms of the actual, it, it, at least it provided us with a visual um, example of the fraudulent activity that was discussed at uh, this year's event. So, okay. Um, we've got a number of uh, items that have been updated and posted this week uh, in terms of New York Comic Con. So we'll just jump in with uh, Michael uh, with uh, his response to a couple of these. Uh, the SciShow collectible pins. Uh, <laughs> are, are you going to be doing the, um, the treasure hunt? Uh, I do them every. I I love it. I uh, of course yes. I'm uh, I'm already planning my. Well, I like the Court of the Dead personally. So um, they're gonna have two pins. They're both free. They're just usually a little scavenger hunt. Personally, I I, I have every Court of the Dead one that they've done. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I'll have it by Thursday morning. There's no doubt. <laughs> and the the I side love the dedication set. And the sideshow one actually looks kind of nice too, so I'll I'll do that one. Usually it's flip flop. The sideshow, the court of the dead one, uh, um, court of the dead, which is a intellectual property of sideshow, I should say. They're they're another they're um, so sideshow does statues of Marvel figures and Star Wars and DC, but then they have their own intellectual property, court of the dead. So the court of the dead one is usually where you have to run around to different booths getting um, a, a stamp. This time they're doing it with the sideshow pin where you have to go around to different booths to get the stamp. Um, and the sideshow one, you have to go to Insight Editions to get that one. But um, I'll say, actually, 
Inside Editions, if you've ever seen them, they put out some really nice product anyway. They've done, um, they did the Art of Mondo book, uh, the Art of Jock book for Mondo last year. They're doing the Art of Mondo book this year. They've done, um, the Court of the Dead book for Sideshow. So they, they have some really nice product. They have the Monster Book of Monsters. So I would say go to Inside Editions anyway, just because they're a really nice company. Um, and then, the Mondo pins, the Mondo pins are great. They're the very good, good quality. You know, double posted, uh, mm-hmm. nice and heavy. Yeah, very good pins. But that sideshow one, I have to get, and I will get the. Uh, I'll get both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> and well, drag yeah, people. There, there, there is on screen. Um, it is. Um, I'll uh, get more than one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, basically, uh, you uh, let's have a look at this newest quarter of the day convention. Next pen will be available from for scholarly souls who uh, venture to the Insight Editions booth one nine four six and indulge in the ethereal publishing projects there. Uh, fans must gaze upon the Grave Tales comics omnibus and take special note of the artwork on the final page. Once that is done, they may return to Sideshow Booth 1912, uh, find the dedicated Court of the Dead iPad, and answer a query related to their findings. Uh, upon successful completion of the question, mourners will be pr- prompted to enter their email address to claim their free pin. So how many email addresses do you have? Um, we'll move on. Uh, but uh, I'm guessing... Uh, uh, and as for the um, the uh, Bat Signal one, it's a case of getting three stamps from the partner vendors, which is Blam Entertainment at uh, 1578, Midtown Comics at 2236, uh, 2336, Best Comics at 2537, Razor's Edge at 2556, Royal Collectibles at 2922, and Fanboy Collectibles at 292. Uh, you get three of those. Take it back to the uh, the stamped cards back to Sideshow at 1912 and uh, enter your email and you snag the pin. So there you go. Cool. Uh, so that's Sideshow. Uh, the other one that I wanted to bring up um, is, if I just come off the screen share for a second, um, we've got uh, a couple of other uh, panels that have been uh, announced this week, a couple of them which are stunning. Uh, number one, we've got ourselves the uh, the Amazon video stuff that's happening, um, which uh, they are going to be uh, promoting law. Uh, they're going to be doing Man from uh, Man in the High Castle. Um, oh, look, shock or a surprise. They're doing the tick. You know, like we didn't see enough of that at San Diego. They're going to be doing the tick. And also they're going to be doing promoting two shows which are based on the Philip K. Dick works. Um, obviously, Man in the High Castle is one. The other I didn't actually realize was out, co-produced by Amazon Video, which is Electric Dreams, which airs in the UK uh, tonight. Uh, looking forward to Ooh. that. Oh no, I'm a, I'm a Philip K. Dick fan. Oh I, yes. I'm down. I'm so down with that. Um, hmm. I've got to see, I've got to find out where that is in the U.S. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back on that, you know, if, not, if anybody knows, or, um, I'll do some research on that one, cause I'd like sure. to watch that too. Yeah, I was thinking about it actually applying for that press room. Yeah. The, uh, electric so piece. That looks cool. Um, yeah. You've also got Warner Brothers, which, um, to be honest, the, the um, information that I've got is most to be about the uh, uh, animation uh, section, which they are going to be bringing uh, Batman Ninja or a preview of Batman Ninja. They're also going to be doing a celebration of the 10th anniversary of the original movies from DC Animation. And you're also going to be getting a screening, I believe, of Batman v. Toothpaste. Uh, which is uh, going to be coming soon. Um, so those are going to be very big um, 
popular panels, uh, certainly for the fans of the animation arm of DC. But the panel, but. which the panel, <laughs> which has gotten me so psyched. Me is, too. <laughs> oh, you have, yes. It's about the legacy of uh, Jack the King Kirby. Uh, of course, we are celebrating the 100th <laughs> birthday of uh, Jack Kirby this year. Plenty of things uh, happening in various conventions. But this one uh, is being organised by IDW and is going to be featuring Walter Simonson and John Byrne. Yes, out of retirement. Yes, totally. <laughs> oh, man. To yeah. <laughs> give you an idea of how big a deal this is, um, John Byrne has stopped going to Comic-Con since, I believe, 2004. Uh, it's been a... He's just turned around and said it, it's not happening. The last time he actually went to a convention was two years ago, which was a Star Trek convention. Hey, he's a Trekkie. Um, so, uh, obviously, uh, it, it, this is a big deal. Um, so it's going to be a fun panel. Uh, IDW are also bringing something like 100 um, Jack Kirby uh, pieces of artwork to be shown on a slideshow. And um, there's also going to be a signing with John Byrne, uh, which uh, I believe is a two-hour signing, which takes place after the panel. It's a, it's a big deal. Uh, this is a chance to meet John Byrne. The last time, I, and I think IDW um, also had Frank Miller. Um, Mike can help me remember, but I think they had Dark Frank Horse. Miller. Dark and Horse, Frank Miller. Dark Horse, well, uh, okay. I was going to say, you know, how it usually happened, but I, I know how Dark Horse did it was that you had a, it, they had a bunch of beads, and you had to pick the, the right color bead. And yeah. it, 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 your chances were not good. Let me put it to you this way. And the queue was long because yeah. everybody, um, all of the comic people were there and multiple times. So that's the competition. Did well, though. Are going to be hard. Oh, we I did know. well. Yes. We did well. We did well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, uh, the, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting and I am thrilled and really looking forward to this one. Leonard, I hope you can be in the room with me. For this oh, panel, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just explain how the process is going to work. Um, oh no, thirteen? Did I say one hundred pieces? Thirteen hundred pieces of original Kirby artwork playing in the background. Good God! Come on, bring it on. Um, so the idea is that um, the, because these signings for John Byrne are very rare now, uh, IDW are going to be making every effort to accommodate as many people as possible in the two hours. However, uh, the idea is that the first 100 fans that purchase a special con-exclusive version of Burns' long-running series of Star Trek photo plays, Star Trek um, New Visions 18, are going to get a ticket and a chance to come face-to-face uh, -face with the man himself. Uh, the uh, convention-exclusive item will feature a special Burn featured photo cover, and the good news is if you're not one of the first 100 people, John Byrne will then accommodate as many standbys as rules allow. I do quite like the rules in terms of what you can take to get signed. Um, limited to a, a maximum of three items, the first two must be IDW books, uh, and the third item can be a non-IDW item. I'm tempted to just take IDW stuff, which isn't John Byrne related, just kind of just to freak the crap out of him. Just like, there you go, sign that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book. Go on, fuck yourself out. Is uh, there a price on that book? Uh, no, there isn't. Um, that wasn't actually announced as the uh, in the press release. Good question. The artist, 
yeah, the artist edition books that they usually that they publish, and I assume that it's going to be of that caliber, are usually in the hundred hundred and twenty five to one hundred and seventy five price point. Yeah. So because I know that um, they, they did similar things for Frank Miller, where there was a Frank Miller book. If you bought that version at Dark Horse, you know, you got an autograph as well. But that book was, you know, in the two hundred plus range. So it, it I, could be. I wonder if because of the signing, it'll enhance the price a little bit on, on it, it. it. Regardless, I know where I'm going to be Thursday morning. With me, I The fact that he's signing for a two-hour period shows a lot of Stamina. dedication back to this. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, a fair great. place to try. Fantastic. So that's cool. Uh, that's certainly been the, the highlight of the New York Comic Con news for myself. I mean, Michael, was there anything announced this week or is there anything that's coming up that's uh, kind of attracted your attention that we haven't kind of um, talked about? Well, Warner has two other panels that I'm aware of. They have the Batman animated series, which should have Kevin Conroy and Bruce Tim and Tara Strong. Um, and obviously Hamill's around the convention. So there's kind of a... A rumor that, you know, he might. I wanted to very quickly talk about this. Very, I, I completely forgot about this. You're absolutely right. He sent out a tweet uh, this week because uh, obviously a lot of people have been, uh, he doesn't do autographs or he doesn't do autographs that often um, or he doesn't do them at all now. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember how the actual way is, but I think he basically just, he distances himself from the whole thing. He has tweeted there is going to be an autograph signing with Mark Hamill. And it's lottery-based. Yeah. Yay! Shocker or surprise. Um, so, no, that's apparently is going to be New York Comic Con arranged. Uh, so, um, assume, you know, do follow uh, NY. Which is interesting. Comic. I didn't see it in the lottery. Was there a... No, I looked. <laughs> I looked hard. Uh, no, it's. I think it's going to be a whole separate drawing. Thing. Do you guys remember the price on that? I thought it was th- going to be three hundred. Am I misremembering? For what? Hamill. For Hamill. Hamill. Hamill's autograph himself is two fifty. Is three hundred? Yes, it was two fifty yeah. at celebration. <clears throat> but I'm certain that anything he signs for a Batman animated series will be related to Batman animated, and you won't be able to choose. It'll probably be like a poster mm-hmm. kind of thing that they all sign. Right. That would be my. But- Here's a um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle book. Sign that. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there is that panel. The other one panel that I know Warner Brother put out, which to me is interesting, is um, I think it's a Hulu now. It's Castle Rock. And if you're a Stephen King fan, this is the year of Stephen King. He's everywhere. He's got The Mist. He's got It. He's got Gunslinger. And now Castle Rock. I mean, he's... Stephen King is pushing his non-book content to anyone that will listen to to him. <laughs> I, 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 I fully think that that's how I'm taking it. The, the like, yeah, huh? the Mist is good. The Mist television show is good. I, I'm, not I, saying, I, I'm not arguing whether it's good or bad. I'm just saying the man is everywhere at the moment. <laughs> um, outside of that, the only ones I... Um, I'm aware of American Gods is the one I'm looking forward to on the main stage that, you know, I, I really enjoyed the series. It was very slow, but I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm hoping I've 
I enjoyed it as a binge. Um, I decided that I was, I stuck it on my phone, uh, cause I watched the first two episodes. I really struggled with the pace. I struggled with the way that it really didn't, it, I mean, there are some shows that don't explain the, everything to the audience and the audience has to take the show almost like a mirror to, to, mm-hmm. to the yourself and to your own experience. I had it all on my phone. I watched all 10 episodes on the plane out to San Diego. I had a blast. Um, it, it, yeah, it works as a binge experience. I enjoyed it. Um, I entered the lottery for that one, but I still reached out to my press contact because I'm hoping there's a press interview room. Because I actually, it's funny the, the the one they don't have a lot of people coming. They only have three. They have um, and I'll I I don't know the actors' names. I forget them. But they have Bilquis, They have Shadow, and then they have the um, the uh, Irish man. Um, Oh, Sweeney. Oh, Sweeney, yeah. Yeah, Sweeney. And actually, for me, he was my favorite character. I liked him the most. I found him amazing in that series. I, I, I liked every minute he was on the screen. But the question to me is, um, well, Gillian Anderson is doing X-Files, and sh- but she also plays media in American God. So I guess the question I never get is, and I, it's like, well, you know, when everyone says, why don't you get this person or this person? And I still don't get is like, if Jillian Anderson's already there for X-Files, how is she not also on the American Gods panel as well? I mean, I know it's different, you know, probably different studios, different, you know, people, but I don't know how that just doesn't get arranged, like how they wouldn't figure that out. Cause I think she'd be great. To add on there. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and um, <laughs> another panel I think to look out for if for no is against X Files. Um, but I have other reasons for that. Not being the biggest, I'm not the hugest X Files fan. But if you were in the panel room when they came back about two years ago, it was again Gillian Dil- Anderson and David Duchovny. And I don't know what Duchovny had taken before he got on stage. <laughs> but honestly, it was one of the greatest panels I've ever sat in just because of how he was act. I mean, it wasn't, a, it was just, it was just amazing to sit on, in, on that panel. So I'd say if you could get into the X-Files panel just for no other reason to, than just to see what Duchovny will do, do it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Nice. Nice. Anything else, Michael? Um, no, you know, honestly, I, I, because I knew the lottery wasn't, um, you know, imminent, like you didn't, I, like, I didn't have to go through it. I, I'm still looking at it this weekend. Um, and I'm, uh, sorry. And I'm, I actually just, I I just, I, I have entered it. Um, I just went, um, that sounds good. That sounds all right. Mm-hmm. I was not strategic at all. I just, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, Boss. no, I agree. I just, I haven't gone through the non-main stage panels yet. That's it. You know, like to find those smaller gems, you know, that, that may be there. Like, I don't know, I don't know if Cards Against Humanity are there, but like, I, I went to their San Diego Comic Con panel and it was not to be missed. It was, it was really entertaining. So I, I still have to go through the the smaller guys, you know, just to see, you know, round at that show that way. Makes sense. Cool. So I got a question for everybody. Did everybody watch the Orville last week, and what'd you think? 
<laughs> I haven't, no, because the thing is, it's not out here in the UK yet, um, which means the only way you can see it is through slightly more nefarious mat- uh, nefarious means, and frankly, um, I've been busy. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I've been distracted. Uh, okay. so I, I wasn't able to, I, no, but um, from what I've been hearing, it's good. It's really good. Um, this is why I don't understand what the critics, why the critics are so upset with it, because I really enjoyed it. I think it's just because it's got Seth MacFarlane's name on it, and they like giving the man a kicking. Okay. Okay. I mean, what I liked about um, Sarita P says she watched it, what I like about it is that it 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 shows people in the Star Trek universe who are not perfect. You know? <laughs> I love that. It's like humanizing the Star Trek people. If I have any one complaint about the Trek universe, it's that people in the Trek universe are too perfect. I mean, Next Gen was totally, everybody was perfect. That, 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 was, that was Roddenberry's goal, wasn't it? He, he wanted to have yeah. the, the, the ideal, the ideal um, mm-hmm. human uh, condition, which is why DS9 was more interesting for me, because it was on the fringes and um, people were not as polished. Um, yep. I do. Call, I mean, Sarita P, uh, I'm trying to work out if she's damning with faint praise it. I watched it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Super cat chick. Yes. Orville was awesome. Uh, capital letters, four exclamation points. Uh, Andrew English, no uh, channel or release date for the UK. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm, um, oh no, it's going to uh, possibly uh, for Fox UK, but no date yet. So, okay. I mean, yeah. If I want to watch it, I may have to go and sail the nefarious seas. I am recommending it as lighthearted, fun, a fun approach. I mean, it, it should be a good balance with Star Trek Discovery, which is coming in a few in a few weeks. So, Indeed. you know, a good just just the two of them. I think it's great that we're having a couple of additions to the Trek universe. Um and, and I love it just for what happened. But tonight we've got the Emmys are happening if, if people haven't and got a, a bunch of different, uh, Burt Cumberbatch, uh, Elizabeth Moss, uh, David Harbour, um, the Dufa brothers. I'm not, I'm reading off of, of, um, somebody Duffer else's brothers. list. Duffer brothers. Stranger Things, Westworld, Sherlock, um, and This Is Us are all being nominated. So we're, you know, it's, it should be an interesting, given that we're in the golden age of TV, it should be an interesting watch tonight to see if we're indeed going to get some of the sci-fi shows. Um, I you know. think, I think it's Stranger Things is on a bit of a wave at the moment. And mm-hmm. I think they may just, Tip it. Um, it's, I personally think it's going to be between them and um, uh, Elizabeth Moss uh, for The Hand, Handmaid's Tale, another show which has gotten a lot of uh, critical attention, uh, yeah. which I think, well, it, it says a lot that even the ones that would lose are just stunning. Uh, you're right, it's the amazing television. Although I'm a bit peeved that Legion's not nominated for anything, but that's just me. Well, no, no, I am too. I am too. I mean, at least nominated, you know, because it deserves a nomination for the innovation that it, it did. Um, let's get, rid, see. get rid of, get rid of Sherlock. Yeah. Legion. <laughs> 
Michael P. brings up an interesting point that Star Trek Discovery has not been shown to the critics. Which no, it's you, gonna be, no, it's, it's, it's one that's just going to get dropped. 25th. Right, which is, it's usually when they do this with movies, it means that the movies are really bad. Um, but given the fact that Trek, um, that they've been really very, very strange with their media lead up to this, it might be, it might not be bad. Yeah. If that makes any sense, <laughs> you know. So I, it, you could see that as Michael as being two ways with it. Um, but so the Emmys are tonight. We've got Fear the Walking Dead. We've got the Orville. Um, the other thing that's happening tonight, which I'm really, really looking forward to, and yes, I'm going on my soapbox, is um, the Ken Burns documentary called The Vietnam War. Uh, just if you've ever seen the Civil War that he did uh, 10 or 15 years ago, it's an absolutely heartbreaking um, from all sides, a uh, real humanistic approach to uh, presenting the the war. And um, it's, I've seen some previews for it, um, half an hour previews and, it should be really powerful. Um, I say this because I remember I was part of the uh, protest movements in the in the late 60s. And I was in New York City, living in New York City at the time. And remember, one of my earliest memories was uh, of a kid who was sitting next to me. I was like four or five at the time, who was passing his draft card up. And because he was going to war. And it's just one of those, you know, it's it's part of it's part of our culture. And I don't think we've actually really uh, resolved that. Anyway, that's, uh, yeah, I'm off my soapbox now. Um, <laughs> this week, <laughs> sorry about that, but um, it's not good in my opinion. Um, let's see. Uh, this week we have Gotham returning, The Good Place, uh, Transparent, El Chapo, and Channel Zero, which has also gotten some great, uh, some good, very good reviews. Channel Zero is on the Sci-Fi Channel. It kind of had a funny entrance last year where it was really kind of low-key, but it got a lot of buzz, um, kind of in in the horror genre. Um, so that's one. And as did The Good Place, um, half an hour sitcom of just light, you know, light and funny and kind of biting, but. Um, as far as I'm aware, that's just been picked up by a UK channel, so we'll be able to see that here in the UK. I've been I I've been hearing great things, uh, and mm -hmm. I'm a big I'm a big fan of the cast. So, mm -hmm. we also wrap up of the strain. Um, this last the season finale for the strain is happening, and um, we say goodbye. Is it, is, it, to is, it, is it season or series? Series. Oh wow! Okay. Yep. Uh, is a, a series ender. Uh, we also say goodbye to Zoo Salvation and Midnight Texas. We don't know if Midnight Texas is picked up for next year or not. We haven't heard. I I'm kind of guessing that it won't be, but that's that's my thing. <laughs> they had a, a Channel Zero. Michael P says had a tooth monster. If you've seen pictures of it, this thing is just. Oh, if yeah. you like teeth, it's amazing. Channel uh, Andrew English says Channel Zero is a five star. Be sure oh, wow. and catch it. And so, cool. 
Um, yeah, uh, I, there's a couple of shows in there that I'm really up for. I mean, there was one that I heard about this week, which was a cancel, if I'm correct. It was this week um, about Blood Drive, which you've been mentioning a lot on the, the Hangouts. Yes. Um, it didn't make the grade, uh, yep. from what I've been told. Okay. So there we go. Yep. Um, super cat chick. I feel like I'm one of the five people that likes Midnight Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Michael P. Um, I agree, but I like Midnight Texas as well. Um, we, I, myself and Caroline, we've got it stored on the skybox. We'll, 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 cat, we'll get round to it. But there we go. Okay. Excellent stuff. But no, uh, if you are watching the uh, the Emmys tonight, um, yeah, it's going to be going to be cool. In memoriam. Well, indeed. Let's a- uh, let's let's wrap up the show with uh, two people that uh, we lost. Do you want to do the first one? Um, Dr. Jerry Cornell um, has passed away. He apparently he caught he was at Dragon Con. And caught um, a bit of con crud and posted, and then all of a sudden he was gone. Um, he, if you don't know, he is a co-author with uh, Niven for A Moten God's Eye and Lucifer's Hammer. Um, I believe they've done a number of other books, a very pro- prolific writer. And um, it's indeed a kind of hard science fiction Um author but uh you know just kind of like you know all of these people are are leaving us <laughs> indeed i mean the, the the i mean the thing about um jerry Pennell, i mean this is what we i was discussing with them um, a couple of friends last year it was a case of a lot of people leaving us too young they were taken from us too young mm-hmm. um this year it's people who have had quite the innings and um and have had incredible careers and incredible lives and uh yeah uh, Pernell, i mean i i read his stuff in uh, the american sci-fi magazines that's how i got to know his stuff i mean then again he also um i think he was the president of the sci-fi writers mm-hmm. things so he was he was recognized and he was a very good friend with um, Bradbury, he was one of those, he was kind of like part of the fixtures and fittings of American sci-fi. And, um, yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's a shame that he's, uh, he's left us. I mean, I'm just oh, 84. That's yes. not bad going. However, yeah. when it comes to not bad going, Harry Dean Stanton, who passed yes. away uh, two days ago, oh. 91. <laughs> now, and not only that, not, not, not just 91. A hard 91. <laughs> <laughs> His life. Yes. Big style. Um, I, I, there's been a number of people who have been talking about Repo Man. Um, but for myself, oh, yeah, there's been loads of, I mean, Paris, Texas was the first thing I saw him in uh, when I was um, a pretentious little git watching film as a kid. Um, but for me, when I think Harry Dean Stanton, I think Escape from New York. Because... Um, that's just I'm a John Carpenter boy, uh, so no. Um, and of course, Alien is just his signature piece. Um, it was a hard eighty-one, the, and not only that, but but every single person who has um, been um, remembering Harry Dean Stanton on social media has just basically gone. The guy had the biggest heart, the wickedest sense of humour, and he just 
wouldn't stop. It was all the way down. The man had his foot to the end. So you can't, <laughs> you can't. You, you, we would all like to live our lives like that. He, his face has the same look about it as the uh, Mick Jagger and, and uh, the Rolling Stones face. You know, so that, don't, that's, don't, you'll jinx it. Yes, <laughs> hard, hard living, hard living. And he enjoyed his life. Absolutely. It, you know, it, it sounds as though. Any, but any favorite role yourself? Uh, uh, Repo Man. Harry? Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> for for me, wow. uh, for me, it's Repo Man with Amelia Estevez uh, back in eight, in the mid eighties. That was where I got introduced to him. Just so. <laughs> don't forget it. Yes. Yes. You don't forget it. Yeah, you do. You yeah. do not. You do not forget his roles, and of course, Aliens, as you mentioned, that uh, that was right there. Michael, do you uh, me- remember Probably. him for any roles? Probably Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. So. I mean, if you want to go and watch, go a clip on YouTube. Type in Alien Cat and him making. <laughs> <laughs> making cat noises. Oh, fantastic. Anyway, cool. So yeah, um, two greats um, that have um, massive legacies behind them, and uh, they shall be missed. So there we go. Um, thank you very much indeed for watching today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope we've gotten you ready for next week, uh, and indeed the week after. Next week we are going to be joined by Mike Armstrong uh, from Repop, who's going to be giving us the final. Uh, push towards uh, New York Comic Con the week after. Uh, so please, we'd love to have you uh, come along. And of course, any questions you have for Mike, and certainly in terms of the way that New York Comic Con is going to get arranged and all the, uh, the the lotteries, anything you want to put to him, come along and join us. Um, and uh, yes, in the week after, hopefully, a live report from New York Comic Con. Uh, hopefully on that one. Um, Aaron Nabus is saying, RIP Len Wein. I thought that was last week. Yeah. I thought that was, that, yeah, well, yeah, I think we, well, we, you, we talked you about him. You did mention it. We, we, Absolutely. yes, and I believe we also talked about him before too, but that one was heartbreaking for me. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. obviously I was uh, missing the show, but um, yeah, it was, yeah, that was, that one hurt. Um, yes. Excellent stuff. Uh, so thank you very much indeed for joining us for the show today. Um, but let's uh, say thanks to our guest. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me online pretty much everywhere. M-L-L-N-Y. It's under Twitter, under Friends of CCI and uh, Friends of CC and at High Def Ninja, which is where I normally do all my articles for writing. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. And Alyssa, where can people find you? At Friends of CC is my Twitter handle and Friends of uh, com is my website. Um, yeah, I messed up my Twitter handle again. It's at Friends of CCI. We are going to get a piece of card, a bubble <laughs> monitor. For God's sake. Okay. Love you too, Leonard. Bye. Yeah, love, you, love you too. Um, you can find me at Englishman SDCC on all the social medias. And of course, you can find my work on an Englishman in San Um, and of course, you can uh, please support and uh, help the podcast and indeed all our efforts, uh, on an Englishman in San Diego at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC. That's it. We're back next week. Once again, Mike Armstrong from Repop will be joining us to talk. New York Comic Con. Sorry? 
send us your questions. Oh, absolutely. Send the questions into Mike. We want to hear what anything you want him to talk about on the show. That's next week, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. We would love to have you come along. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone.